today on a very special Chasing the Word. Most people see Advent today as a time of hope. That's what we are preparing for as we go through the Advent. Now, there is symbols of Advent that go along with these ancient traditions. And the main symbol is a wreath, and it symbolizes a complete circle. It's like our wedding bands. It goes around in a circle. It's never beginning. It's never ending. It just continues. It was the meaning of those symbols in Christ that made a difference for the church. It was not perpetuating some kind of pagan holiday. And make sure that he's the one that's lifted up. That's our pursuit. Life in a time of darkness and death. Hello and welcome to Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. Today, Bram and his wife Sandy kick off a four-part series on Advent, and they'll be taking a biblical look at what this very special season means to you and I as believers. Here's Bram and Sandy to get things started. Honey, welcome back to the microphone. I am so excited to be here today. I'm really excited because we're going to do something a little different. During this season, we're going to talk about the mission of God himself that made it all possible. Mm -hmm. That is the season we find ourselves in. We call it the Advent season, Mm -hmm. which means, of course... The coming. The coming, the beginning, the something new. We are going to talk about traditions today, too. But I want to talk, first of all, about the word that leads us to these things we celebrate. I'm so glad that we're doing this. First of all, I love this season of Advent, what it represents in our lives and how we have been able to incorporate some of the traditions of Advent into our own home. It was God's idea from the beginning, and we can see that throughout Scripture, and we can hear His voice calling out to His people to announce there is a Savior. So let's dig into some of those promises. There's many, many of them in the Old Testament. We're going to focus in these few minutes we have on the chapters of Isaiah 7 and 9. The prophet Isaiah is sent to King Ahaz to give him a message, not just any old message about what they're facing in the immediate future. It is about God's big plan for saving all of Israel and all of mankind. He just didn't know it at the time, Mm -hmm. but he makes a promise to him. So I want to read from that chapter 7, second half of verse 9. After he's already cautioned Ahaz about not giving up his faith, he says, If you will not believe and trust in God and his message, be assured that you will not be established. Faith for the day was dependent upon trusting in God's promises for tomorrow, and Ahaz is having to make that choice. And then he continues, Then the Lord spoke again to King Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord your God, one that will convince you that God has spoken and will keep his word. Make your request as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then Isaiah the prophet said to him, Hear then. O house of David, is it too small a thing for you to try the patience of men? But will you try the patience of my God as well? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Listen carefully. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. For before this child will know enough to refuse evil and choose good, The land of Canaan, whose two kings you dread, will be deserted, both Ephraim and Aram. Well, there is a lot to unpack in that little short segment. And we're going to do it as quick as we can, because we have some more scriptures to get to. First off, 
The promises. Ahaz is being promised that his obedience to receive the word of the Lord about something is important to him will guarantee him success in the here and now. Mm -hmm. It's not just a gift to him to be able to triumph over Mm -hmm. two kings. Ahaz and the kingdom dreaded these other kings because they seem to be invincible. They seem Mm -hmm. to be an eternal kingdom. And God's saying, the places where they live, before this new Messiah that I'm prophesying to you comes about, the places where these kingdoms live will be deserted. How fast does that happen? Probably not in the couple of years that Ahaz is thinking about. But in the hundreds of years to come, everything changed in the Old Testament. What was left of the old kingdoms had vaporized. Mm-hmm. So many things had changed by the time Jesus came on the scene. And God knows full well. Well, in this scripture, I am struck by this phrase that God says, ask for proof. Mm. Ask for a sign. Dare me. Dare me. It, yeah. It's like, and I double dog dare you here. Go as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. Yeah. God is imploring Ahaz. He's telling him, do this. Just test me and see or try my words and see. And Ahaz is saying, no way. Hmm. I'm not doing it. I wouldn't dare. I would think that he's scared of retribution from a God who distrusts Ahaz. Ahaz has not been that reliable of a king. Says, he knows his own nature. But God is like itching to tell a story here. And so he says, dare me. Go ahead. Ask me a question. Kind of like us at Christmas. Hey, what do you think is in the box? What do you think I got you this Christmas? What do you think I got for you? And we are so excited to see the revelation of a thing that we have prepared to give to somebody that we almost can't contain our own joy and enthusiasm. So we want them just to bust the box open right now. Mm -hmm. God is in that mode, it seems. He's ready to reveal something that he is very excited about. He's not worried about Ahaz's sin or his history. He's very much concerned with what will become of the seat of David, his chosen king for this royal priesthood, this this kingdom forever, which is going to be the seat for the Messiah. He's excited to tell the story about David's offspring. This scripture then, after Ahaz refuses to test God, reminds me somewhat of our youngest son. When you're watching a movie with him that he's already seen and you haven't, he can hardly wait to tell you what's going to happen. Or speak the words along with the screen. Exactly. And this is kind of what Isaiah is doing here. He is saying, no, this is what's going to happen. This is it. This is the revelation that God is making. And so I'm going to tell you. You're not even going to guess. Right. It's an excitement that Isaiah has to tell what's going to come next in the big picture. I really like that. It reminds me that God sees, God knows, and he wants to reveal to us what his plan is. So let's jump forward two chapters here. The kingdoms are defeated and they're not threatening Israel anymore. So the success that Ahaz wanted has been accomplished, but the story's only begun. In fact, Isaiah's got a whole lot more to say about this Messiah that was signaled in that previous chapter. And we find that starting at verse two in chapter nine. The people who had been living in darkness have seen a great light. The light of life has shined on those who dwelt in the shadowy darkness of death. And you, God, will make it happen. You bolstered the nation. You have saturated it with joy. Everyone in it is full of delight in your presence, like the joy they experience at the harvest. For as you did back in the day when Midian oppressed us, you will shatter the yoke that burdens them. You will break the rod of their oppressor. It's true. All the fabric of war will go up in flames. There will be a new time, a fresh start. And I love this part. Hope of all hopes. Dream of our dreams. A child is born. A son is given to us. A living gift. The power of leadership and the weight of authority will rest on his shoulders. 
His name we'll know in many ways. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Father Everlasting, Ever-Present, Never-Failing, Prince of Peace. His leadership will bring sustainable peace for all time. This child, to restore sound leadership that cannot be perverted or shaken, he will ensure justice without fail and absolute equity. Always, the intense passion of the Eternal, Commander of Heavenly Armies, will carry this to completion. It is of great wonder and expectation, and this is being told to the king who just got his miracle. All the things that we've ever hoped for. That is the promise that's being spoken of as revealed through Advent. One more scripture, honey. Okay. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Everyone in Jerusalem, celebrate and shout. Your king has won a victory, and he's coming to you. He is humble and rides on a donkey. He comes on the colt of a donkey. We automatically would think about Palm Sunday, a mm-hmm. week before he was assassinated, the heights of emotion to the depths of despair, all in seven days. Yet I think about this as also being an Advent promise. Mm. How did Jesus get to Bethlehem to be born? Mm. He rode a very long distance on a donkey. He did. I think it's no coincidence that Mary rode that donkey with him, the King of Kings, humbly to his place of birth, his royal place of birth. When royalty is born, It's always a great event. Mm. Jesus was remembered for being royal. Mm. And yet it all starts with the humility of riding along with the poorest of the poor, of being one of them. That's another promise of the kind of God, the kind of Messiah that was coming to save. Mm -hmm. And those, my friends, are just a few of the thoughts about looking forward to the Jesus that we know today as the root of Jesse, not just the offspring as being the one who brings it all together and brings us new life. That's the beginning, honey, of this season for us. And I want to challenge you, friends, to look to the word of the Advent with your family and discussing it openly like we've challenged you to do week after week. There's more coming up with our very special look at the season of Advent here on Compassion Radio. Hi, friends. Here's an update on our growth goals. I'll start with a big thank you for how you've stood with us through a very challenging season. Compassion Radio is still the radio voice of the global church, and that's completely due to the Lord's provision through you, our partners in ministry and outreach. As we look forward to 2023, we're looking at some important new partnerships, but there are a couple of important pieces to the puzzle that we have to put together in order to get there. Specifically, I need to ask you about two things and invite you to step up in a new way. The first goal is to grow our vision team by another 200 people. With the thousands that hear this program each day, you'd think it wouldn't be hard to find these folks. But it's also easy to assume someone else will surely take up the challenge. Well, frankly, I can't count on someone else. I need to count on you. Would you take a moment today to seriously consider joining our vision team? It's really simple and will have a major positive impact on what we can accomplish. It means Compassion Radio becomes part of your monthly missional giving. As you budget an amount each month to make sure we can stay on the air and in the field, you make possible the inspiring stories you just won't find anywhere else. It's these stories that inspire others to participate in Kingdom projects. But we can't inspire Kingdom action without Kingdom stories to tell. And we can't bring them to you without a platform on which to share them. You get the picture. So, I'm asking you to ask God today how much you can invest each month. It may be a faith stretch to contribute as little as $20 or $50. 
but you also may be in a situation to contribute much more and want to, to make sure that there's some solid, inspiring news on Christian radio each day. Whether you're on a fixed income or running a growing business, your giving matters to the Lord and His kingdom servants around the world. Whatever you can give, I know the Lord will multiply for His kingdom purposes. And I know this because we've seen it firsthand many times over dozens of years. Think of it this way. Because you make Compassion Radio possible, the kingdom of God around the world gets to send you a gift each day, a gift of encouragement and inspiration for your faith walk. And I think we could all use a lot more of that these days, don't you? We invite you inside some of the greatest movements of God in history, because they're happening right now. Is that worth something to you? Oh, I hope so. It's our vision team members that literally keep this ministry going, and without you, we simply won't. You can be part of that team today. Secondly, we've got a specific year-end budget challenge of $200,000 that we must raise in order to fully fund the project that we've been contributing to for years. Things like saving orphans from the streets of Johannesburg, providing Bibles to new believers in China, Burma, India, and Iran. Our partners are counting on us more than ever as other funding sources have dried up. I'm confident in you and the Lord's provision through you to make all these things possible, and much more. Our vision team is leading the way in this, so please consider joining them today and making your most generous gift this Christmas season. Thank you, friends. We are so grateful for your partnership. Give online today at CompassionRadio.com or call us at 1-800-868-2478. And you can send your gift by mail to Compassion Radio, Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. God bless you, friends.
such a strange way to say the word. This is such a strange way, such a strange way, a strange You're listening to Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Everyone in Jerusalem, celebrate and shout. Your king has won a victory and he's coming to you. He is humble and rides on a donkey. He comes on the colt of a donkey. We automatically would think about Palm Sunday, the Mm -hmm. week before he was assassinated, the heights of emotion to the depths of despair all in seven days. Yet I think about this as also being an Advent promise. Mm. How did Jesus get to Bethlehem to be born? Mm. He rode a very long distance on a donkey. He did. I think it's no coincidence that Mary rode that donkey with him, the King of Kings, humbly to his place of birth, his royal place of birth. When royalty is born, it's always a great event. Mm. Jesus was remembered for being royal. Mm. And yet it all starts with humility of riding along with the poorest of the poor, of being one of them. That's another promise of the kind of God, the kind of Messiah that was coming to save. Mm -hmm. And those, my friends, are just a few of the thoughts about looking forward to the Jesus that we know today as the root of Jesse, not just the offspring, as being the one who brings it all together and brings us new life. That's the beginning, honey, of this season for us. Mm -hmm. And I want to challenge you, friends, to look to the word of the Advent with your family. Mm. and discussing it openly, like we've challenged you to do week after week. Well, hon, tell us what we're going to do with the Advent season now. We're going to learn a little bit about what Advent has meant throughout history and what it can mean for your family. So what does an Advent season celebration look like? The history of Advent goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. The word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, meaning coming. Most people see Advent today as a time of hope. That's what we are preparing for as we go through the Advent. Now, there is symbols of Advent that go along with these ancient traditions. And the main symbol is a wreath, and it symbolizes a complete circle. It's like our wedding bands. It goes around in a circle. It's never beginning. It's never ending. It just continues. It was the meaning of those symbols in Christ that made a difference for the church. It was not perpetuating some kind of pagan holiday and make sure that he's the one that's lifted up. That's our pursuit. Life in a time of darkness and death. And immortality of our soul, of our spirit, as we are one with Christ. So we make wreaths, and wreaths are round, as you said. They are symbols of life that keeps renewing. Mm. How do you build one, and where does it go, and how people presented these wreaths in history? Traditionally, these wreaths are made with evergreen leaves. Pine cones are often used to decorate the wreath as well as a symbol of new life mm-hmm. and resurrection because the pine cone, as we know, when it, it dies, it falls off the tree and gets buried into the ground and the seed is released and then it brings forth new life or resurrection. Jesus said, unless the seed falls to the earth and dies, 
no new life can come. He's speaking about spiritual life in those metaphors, those parables. And we are too. And instead of hanging this wreath on a door or on a wall, it's laid flat on a table. Now, the reason for that is because there are also candles as a part of this wreath. And there are four main candles. And some traditions will also add a fifth candle. And we'll talk about that a little bit as well. The candles have special significance and they represent the four weeks of Advent. One candle is lit every Sunday during that month. Three of them are purple. It is a liturgical color, and it comes from ancient tradition, and it signifies a time of prayer or penance or sacrifice. The pink candle represents joy, and (laughs) I don't really know why pink is for joy, but that's what it is. The first aspect that you focus on during the first week is hope. Hmm. We read earlier in Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 7 about the promise of salvation, hope in Jesus. There is no hope without a promise. So the promise comes first and we discover it or is revealed to us. And so we acknowledge that the promise has been made. The challenge of Advent, of course, is to take away God literally meant it Mm -hmm. and to have valid hope in the promises he's made. Mm -hmm. When you light that candle, you read a scripture. It's sometimes called the prophecy candle, especially Isaiah, who had some very specific prophecies surrounding the birth of Christ. And also from Micah, which is one we'll read right now, there's this particular prophecy. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one shall come forth for me, who is to be the ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from ancient days. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth to a child. Then what is left of his kinsmen shall return to the children of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd and guide his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty and the name of the Lord his God. They shall dwell secure in undisturbed peace, because at that time he shall be great, extending his authority even to the ends of the earth. This one, the Messiah, shall be our peace, and he, the Messiah, shall rescue us. We'll hold it right there, honey. That is a promise not just for the immediate people of the time of Micah, like the people in the time of Isaiah thought. This is a promise to people not yet born. Mm -hmm. And so we look forward to that with great hope. So that's just one candle, honey. I would like to ask you, are there action points or things we can talk about that would be helpful for the family to focus on? Because we're looking back across history while people look forward through prophecy. Mm -hmm. We have different perspectives, but we have the same need, the same desire, the same longing. Well, if you have small children, I think it's good to talk about these things with them. Maybe your older children as well. But there are some questions here that you can use as conversation starters. And since we're focusing on hope this week, we can ask, what is something that you've hoped for that you have received? Mm. Another one is, what is something you've hoped for that you have not received? And how did that feel? The last one, and most important, I think, is how can we as a family bring hope to those around us? Mm. That's a good thought. Yeah, those are good questions to prompt some great conversations. We hope that you will take advantage of this Advent season, whether you do it formally with an actual object of a wreath and candles on your table, or just taking time out over dinner on a Sunday afternoon or throughout the week to discuss these things, just to make it part of your new tradition to deal with these issues the way the people that longed for the coming of Messiah struggled with disbelief, with worry, with fainting hope. The promises are there to sustain us on the way to the revelation. 
And yet the promises are still for us today, which is fascinating. So don't be afraid to talk about those scriptures with your kids and with the people you love. That's our encouragement to you today from Compassion Radio. And for more on the subject of Advent during this season, we put up a number of blog posts and podcasts of these episodes. We'd love to have you see them and download materials or check out links that might be helpful to you. We'll also have some suggestions of different books or materials that we have used and links to other resources that you can get information from about how to celebrate Advent in your home this season. We'll hear more from Bram and Sandy on the subject of Advent next time on Compassion Radio. If you missed anything today, well, you can listen again anytime. Just open up your browser on your computer or smartphone or even your tablet and go to CompassionRadio.com. Again, it's CompassionRadio.com. Now, if you liked what you heard, please consider supporting Compassion Radio first with your prayers. You know, when you pray for us, God increases the effectiveness of this ministry by empowering the Compassion Radio team for service and by opening doors of opportunity for us to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And now second, would you please share this broadcast with a friend or a loved one? This is going to help us reach as many people as possible with the important work God is doing in the lives of those who live in a missional way. And really, that's all of us, you and I. Finally, please consider supporting this ministry financially. You can give a one-time gift, a semi-regular gift, or you can become a Compassion Radio Vision Team member. And that means a regular monthly gift for the amount of your choosing. You know, this ministry is 100% listener-supported, and that means it's your gifts that make it possible for us to continue. You can support Compassion Radio right now by calling 800-868-2478 or by visiting CompassionRadio.com. That's 800 868 2478 or CompassionRadio.com. You can also text the word COMPASSION to 53445. That's the word COMPASSION to 53445. And of course, you can always mail your gift to Compassion Radio at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. That's P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen, spend a little time with us. Be sure to join us again for more Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. This program is sponsored by Compassion Ventures Incorporated and your generous financial support.